Hello, Team NXT, CD, Danny Mac, back again for episode 81 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is just about noon on Saturday, March 23rd, a little under two weeks before NXT TakeOver New York, coming to you live from the Barclays Center, where I will have the privilege of attending my 6th overall NXT TakeOver, but my 5th to take place in New York City. A road to TakeOver that has been filled with a sharp left turn due to the neck injury of Tommaso Ciampa, the now, and I can't believe I'm saying this, former NXT champion. 230 Seven days, if my memory serves me correct, and just not the way you wanted to see this go down. Not an ending to this, it's not even a story, ladies and gentlemen, this saga between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling seeming to be teed up for the redemption story of a lifetime after that sharp betrayal of let me get to you before you get to me faking a knee injury and turning his back and creating his own moments on the then NXT champion and essentially setting up and confirmed this March 20th edition of NXT television, confirmed by Triple H that Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano was supposed to be the main events of TakeOver New York. And I feel myself tearing up again because just, just the thought of getting to see the the assuming to be conclusion of this epic saga. Again, storyline just does not do this justice. I recommend going as far back as to take over Chicago and just watching all the way through just to uh, just to really relive all of this stuff. Pick out the high spots, including, including Tommaso Ciampa suffering his first major injury in his NXT career being a torn ACL, and finishing a NXT Tag Team Championship ladder match where DIY was taking on the Arthurs of Pain, then managed by Paul Ellering. I don't want to spend too much time on this to open the show because I'm definitely going to be talking about the devastating injury to Champa throughout this episode, but uh, just to kind of plug a different show here, the Edge and Christian Pod of Awesomeness did something really great this month. They had each subsequent member of the Undisputed Era, and what I mean by that is Adam Cole was a guest early on in 2018. It might have been summer 2018. I actually just uh, might as well might as well listen to the interviews with all four members heading down this road to NXT TakeOver, right? So I went back, I listened to that. I just can't recall the date at this time, but Roderick Strong... Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish each giving really great insight and I really enjoyed it. They seem just as just as funny and personable as you might assume on TV just based on the way that they interact with each other. Pretty much not a uh, seamless a seamless transition to discussing their careers with Edge and Christian and just kind of back and forth and joking. Really insightful. I personally found out I have a uh, I have quite a bit in common with each individual member as far as martial arts backgrounds, and I'll drop you this little tidbit. Adam Cole, if you haven't listened to this interview and know this already, 
Adam Cole created his love of pro wrestling not just out of his own interest, but as a way to bond with his karate instructor. And those of you who have listened to the show before might know I am a second-degree black belt myself, and I have used pro wrestling as a tool to discuss and try and get to know my students better as well. So that particular part of Adam Cole's interview really resonated with me, and I cannot recommend Edge and Christian's show enough overall. Have some great interviews with current and former NXT talents, such as Aleister Black, just when he won the NXT Championship, and EC3, uh, whose main roster career, or lack thereof, I guess I should be more accurately saying at this point, not going to veer off in that direction. Let's talk March 20th edition of WWE NXT Television, Triple H kicking off the show to discuss the fates of Goldie, the NXT Championship. And one thing that immediately stuck out to me was the warm reception by Full Sail University. The NXT chants in and among themselves show their faith in the product and how Triple H is captaining, is that a word? Is uh, piloting this ship and just really able to deliver with his brand. This is a bump in the road that nobody expected, not for a second, although a little bit later on, according to Champa's doctors, the neck, shoulders, it, it had kind of been a long time coming. But I'm going to digress from that. Triple H out here to discuss a cruel mistress that you and I are definitely aware of, and that's that's reality, folks. Reality, dreams, can they can end in an instant. Your perceived destiny could change. You think you're heading on one path, and then immediately life throws you a curveball, and you're headed down the left side or the right side, or you're either crashing into a wall straight up the middle, and you got to figure out just a completely different way to go. And this... This just, it's so hard to discuss after just wanting this main event for so long. Just a really hard segment to watch. And speaking of perceived roads on NXT, the NXT road can come and go for some people very quickly. Some people are traveling down it for years and years looking to really find themselves within it. And a lot of people take years to step out of this, but I feel like at the same time, a lot of people took years and stayed in this brand for years to tell this story. We've seen Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano perceived to be together at the time, but nonetheless, appearing on main roster television as DIY. It was really just a matter of time before all of this happened that Ciampa and Gargano were kind of do for a Raw or SmackDown permanent appearance. I mean, that's just kind of my assumption based on the booking. Who knows what would have happened after this upcoming TakeOver or the subsequent one for SummerSlam weekends or this story could just keep on going well through the end of the year to War Games 3, assuming that's the theme that November TakeOvers will keep. Nevertheless, a main event mega announcement of Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa did pass through Triple H's mouth, and it did bring me a smile for just a minute, knowing that 
NXT once again is just giving the fans what they want and what is earned through this unbelievable saga of a story. However, where one dream ends, another begins. There is a fatal five-way in this NXT television. Now, if you haven't watched it yet and you're you're just coming to me as part of catch-up, pause right here, go watch that match, and then come back and join me for more NXT discussion. Have you done it? Have you watched that match? Good. Five stars. Fatal five-way. Five-way champion caliber match between the leader of the Undisputed Era and a man with quite the bit of history in the Barclays Center, Adam Cole, baby, versus Ricochet, versus Aleister Black, versus current North American champion Velveteen Dream, versus the undefeated OG bro, Matt Riddle. And the winner of this match will face Johnny Gargano, in a two out of three falls main event for the NXT Championship from NXT TakeOver New York. Unbelievable match. The time that these guys got, just about 35 minutes, I think I gave an estimate over to one of my friends when we were trying to play NXT catch-up. Nevertheless, at minimum, a half hour of an absolutely clinic of a match. After this announcement, Triple H would drop off the NXT Championship to the announce table right in front of Mauro Ranallo. And just as a personal note between you guys and me, I wouldn't mind seeing Mauro Ranallo deemed NXT Champion, even if it was just for just for a day. Anyway, moving on, uh, Kathy Kelly looking to get some words from the NXT men's locker room about their thoughts on this perceived main event. And if I could just plug another podcast again really quick, and the Comedians of Wrestling Podcast Facebook group. Guys, this next one is for all you Kona Reeves marks over there, and I know you exist because I've laughed, and you guys have given me a fair share of entertainment with the faith that you do have in the finest Kona Reeves, but it's also been a lot of eye-rolling, and I can't believe how big your support is for... Anyway, Kona Reeves giving his thoughts to Kathy Kelly, saying the match should be all right, but it won't be the finest. Of course, not before dropping any, are you hitting on me? Are you sort of undressing me with your eyes comments? And I got to admit though, those silver headphones he was rocking were uh, were very much on the side of fire. Anyway, Forgotten Sons. Forgotten Sons asked not about the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Cup finals that there will be in next week's main event. But the Forgotten Sons perceives that their match has once again been forgotten. And they are actually hoping for Aleister Black or Ricochet to walk out with the win. And a very good strategy behind this, really on the mental side of things. Hoping that Aleister Black or Ricochet to achieve victory in this Fatal 5-way would redirect their attention from the Dusty Rhodes Classic Cup. Their eyes would not be on the prize of the shot at the tag team titles held by Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders, and that Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic trophy, which I wonder what size it's going to shrink to after TakeOver New York, but we'll get to that, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Forgotten Sons hoping for the success of Aleister Black and Ricochet really incorporating a mental strategy behind this one, hoping that their direction 
will be taken elsewhere besides that tag team gold. And of course, Jackson Riker declaring that they will be forgotten no more. And I'm not sure about that. Uh, the upset victory over Mustache Mountain, always Jackson Riker being a factor on the outside. But do I really see the War Raiders challenging the Forgotten Sons at a takeover match? I don't have any doubt in Wesley Blake. I like the way him and Steve Cutler have gelled as a tag team. Wesley Blake does have that high-pressure takeover situation experience. Hell, he has very much takeover Brooklyn experience when him and current Cruiserweight champion, the juggernaut Buddy Murphy, took on the Vaudevillains 205 Lives Aiden English on commentary now, if you've been wondering where Aiden English has been on your SmackDown screens, and then hired talent Simon Gotch, which, shout out to those who have also been recommended, the Simon Gotch buries Enzo Amore video throughout uh, throughout anybody's YouTube pro wrestling rabbit holes, because I know it's come up on mine for at least... Ooh, it's got to be an upwards of 15 to 20 times at uh, at this point. But I digress. Let's move on. Let's take a look at the former NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa. I still can't believe I have to drop the word former in front of the Blackheart's name. It's outrageous. I just still can't believe this timing and how bad it is. There's never a good time for an injury. But this story and this saga means so much. Uh, if you want to make the rest of this episode fun, check out a drinking game for every time I say certainly or saga. That way, uh, maybe it'll move your Saturday evening along smoothly. Anyway, Champa's neck surgery and I believe both his shoulders were also operated on. And I'm forgetting the doctor's name, but these aren't those aren't the aspects of this vignette I want to talk about. I want to talk about the comparison of this vignette to those of you who may remember this, and I could be dating myself with this reference, but I remember watching Triple H's comeback in 2002, and the video footage and the inside look that WWE gave us at his quadriceps surgery. We got that very similar inside look to how grueling and how stressful of a situation that this surgery is for the doctors, for Champa, and just the really inside medical look you could see, and I briefly mentioned this before, but this had been a long time coming. And you think about the bumps and the bruises and the brutality in all of Tommaso Champa's just the dedication of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champa in their past interactions and their past grueling matches. The bumps that he has taken for us, and for us to see a villain such as him get his not even final comeuppance in the ways that he has taken in the TakeOver New Orleans match, and the TakeOver Brooklyn 4 match, and so on, and so just the absolute powerbomb spot on the outside to not the padded protected floor, but the floor of the arena, to the to the back bump area that you're not exactly trained on how to take a back bump on, but you realize that one day you might have to do it, 
that sort of spots, that sort of distortion that will happen to your neck and shoulders after repeatedly doing these things and putting this kind of toll on your body. This is what Tommaso Champ has done for us. And that's all the footage that you need to see what his body was willing to go through before it finally just couldn't do it anymore to hold on and to keep Goldie in his clutches and to really outright tell an absolutely incredible tale of good versus evil versus evil versus gray area where Gargano and Champa getting on the same page for a while. It's 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 really a testament to how much Tommaso Ciampa loves this business. And you should really check out that Triple H 2002 comparative video that I referenced. Because looking back and really getting the perception on the pro wrestling business that I have now. And able to compare it to, wow, Triple H really put himself through all that. And uh, shout out to my buddy Will if you're listening out there. But he has testament. He has sworn to me that he's been to quite the few sporting events and he has never heard a louder pop than when Triple H came back from his quad surgery. And in NXT terms and knowing and bearing witness to the success that Tommaso Ciampa has been and at this point was as NXT champion, for good or for evil, the reaction that Tommaso Ciampa will get upon his return is going to be absolutely thunderous one way or another. So to sum this up, I pretty much just want to say, get well soon, champ, and cannot wait for the in-ring return. Switching gears over to the women's division, we have some fatal four-way builds for Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, Bianca Belair, and missing in action but always present in that locker room is Shayna Baszler, the Queen of Spades, the NXT Women's Champion. Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane claiming that competition does come just as important as their friendship, but they will not let this match interfere with how they perceive each other. Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane not only are the best of friends, but have the utmost respect for each other as in ring competitors, so there is no way they will let this affect them and develop any bad blood. However, Somebody who thinks that that will absolutely not be a factor because neither of them will be winning the NXT Women's Championship is the still undefeated, in her mind, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair does have a strong case for herself that she could have been NXT Women's Champion, but the world of pro wrestling is filled with could-haves, would-haves, and should-haves. So we'll see how Bianca Belair manages to step out of NXT TakeOver New York. And she seems to be the only thing that can come between this friendship of Bian- of Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. Bianca Belair and Kyrie Sane will lock up this coming week on NXT television. So that should definitely be an exciting matchup. But another, uh, another topic I need to cover in this NXT women's division right now is... A very interesting article I came across this past week, and it is the possibility of Marina Shafir joining the Undisputed Era, or some sort of female presence residing in the Undisputed Era. But Marina Shafir was specifically named 
in this article, and I contribute that to being married to Roderick Strong, but I have always thought that the, that the Undisputed Era could use their own form of a female enforcer, and that sort of presence, and that sort of confidence in the NXT women's division. If you remember a while back, and this is when this wasn't exclusively a solo show, but I was a- able and actually discussed this very recently with Nikki Six, and uh, those longtime listeners may remember his co-host presence on the show, and shout out to you, Nick, if you're out there listening, but we always thought that Tynera Conti and her sort of being a hired gun in the NXT women's division for Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era back when back when it was only a three-man faction too, back when it was just Cole, O'Reilly, and Fish. So a female member of the Undisputed Era has always been something kind of hinted at or at least foreshadowed to in that experience, but then Roderick Strong was brought in as a fourth man and you don't really want to oversaturate it. I've been listening to 83 Weeks. Here's another side podcast plug. Um, The NWO. Everybody was joining the NWO if you were even this much degree separation of the WWE, WWF, at the time. So you don't want to throw this Undisputed Era logo just on anybody and expand the faction too much where you feel that it's overkill and everywhere you look, there's a member of the Era somewhere. But we need all our bases covered still. Adam Cole getting thrown into this Fatal 5-Way match for the NXT Championship, and I'll get to his major discussion in a minute. Roderick Strong kind of freed up to participate in the North American title scene, and I got some news on that coming a little bit later, but let's end. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly reuniting as Red Dragon within the Undisputed Era, being the tag team legs of the faction once again, and I think Marina Shafir can fit that role as a singles competitor and representative on the women's division side within the Undisputed Era. She's already married to Roddy, so there's the connection right there. But my only concern is where that would leave the other members of the Queen's Army. Jesmyn Duke, I don't really see as somebody who can stand entirely on her own yet. And that's that's a pretty big yet, because both these women making the transition from MMA to pro wrestling have done a great job as a tag team within the NXT Women's Division, putting on some really good matches against Shayna Baszler's future opponents and the Sky Pirates of Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. So Jasmine is on her up and up as far as improvement goes, but I don't think I'd want to separate and branch out the Queen's Army just yet, unless these rumors of Shayna Baszler getting called up are absolutely true. Shayna Baszler, I feel, can stand on her own and has stood on her own as her first run as NXT Women's Champion, even with this very, not really very frequent involvement of Duke and Shafir, but even with them contributing to things, Shayna Baszler does stand on her own as a competitor, as this perceived fear in the locker room and absolute nightmare at the top of the division. So Shayna Baszler is ready to step up. Um, I feel like any division, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, could use a very strong heel presence right now. 
If Ronda is leaving, Shayna can seamlessly transition to Raw and pick up right where her MMA cohorts left off. She can be a really big heel to Asuka and a threat to the SmackDown Women's Championship reign because the only big heel threat in that right now. And I'm not disparaging her because she has improved leaps and bounds in the ring. And I've even seen her put on a very good NXT Live event match for the NXT Women's Champion. Of course, I'm talking about the possibility of Mandy Rose facing Asuka again for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And that's really the biggest heel presence that they have on that brand at the moment. So Shayna on SmackDown is not that foreign of a thought either. So that's just kind of my thoughts on where the Queen's Army could end up. I'm not opposed to the idea of Marina Shafir being that female branch of the Undisputed Era and being their representative in the NXT Women's Division. But that's all obviously coming up and will not be on this road to NXT TakeOver as a talking point, but should definitely be brought up as a topic nonetheless. The focus right now is this fatal four-way, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, Bianca Belair, all competing against Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. And I mentioned this last week, this fatal four-way, completely different situation than past NXT Women's Championship fatal four-ways. Asuka demanding to face all three opponents. The vacated NXT Women's Championship featuring four worthy competitors and Ember Moon starting her run at the top as NXT Women's Champion. So Asuka's and Ember Moon's Fatal 4-Ways completely different than Shayna Baszler's. Shayna Baszler didn't see enough competition out there, but is getting a lot of competition thrown her way in the form of these three women. Man, I was thinking to myself before, am I going to have enough to cover with uh, and keep my usual time format? Because there was only really one match on this edition of NXT TV, and it was that Fatal 5-Way match. But the story in the women's division and the build of Shayna and this being arguably the most threatened that Shayna Baszler's title and the most jeopardy her run has been in, that's that's an absolute talking point. Another talking point is a Disturbed song in 2019 being featured in the world of pro wrestling. Are you ready? And a very apt name for a song and a brand that Triple H is in charge of. Disturbs Are You Ready, the NXT Loud theme for TakeOver New York. And there's another one. I'm going to be honest with you and very straight up with you here, Team NXT. I don't know the name because I didn't like the sound. A Disturbed song, whether it be any year, just kind of fits in the world of pro wrestling. Really any sort of new metal sounding. Whether I feel like I'm going to up and listen to the genre in my own time? No. But does it make for kick-ass montages when it comes to hyping up pro wrestling feuds? Yes. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, let's turn to this Fatal 5-Way match, shall we? Each gentleman getting their own spotlight when it comes to their competitiveness and their show of why they should be featured in this Fatal 5-Way. Aleister Black and Ricochet getting a little bit of shared time in that respect because of their recent tag team success. Matt Riddle 
really getting the highlight of how big of a splash he has made in the world of NXT. And he's another one who I've listened to recently on the Edge and Christian pod of awesomeness. So if you want a little more insight to the King of Bros, I definitely recommend checking that one out as well. Matt Matt Riddle really getting to tout his undefeated streak in NXT TV thus far. No man has made the original bro tap out or pinned him for a 1-2-3. Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream touting that he would make a double champion in NXT as North American champion. Moving on to TakeOver and facing Johnny Gargano for that NXT championship. Really put in the spotlight where he believes it belongs. And one I've been aching to talk about is Adam Cole. Adam Cole's history in the Barclays Center. Adam Cole making his NXT television debut in the Barclays Center at the ends of the main events between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Roode. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 ending on the note of the Undisputed Era and Adam Cole, baby. So his history started in the Barclays Center. It went through the Barclays Center one more time where he took on Ricochet defending his NXT North American Championship. So Adam Cole does have a lot of history. The success right now is 50-50 in that stadium, but Adam Cole vows that there will be an undisputed NXT champion at the end of TakeOver New York. And I want to address not just Adam Cole's past history in the Barclays Center, but each individual's experience and history with each other. Velveteen Dream sticks out right off the bat with his rivalry of the year with Aleister Black. Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet, another takeover-worthy rivalry. Adam Cole's history with individuals in this match, Adam Cole versus Aleister Black, culminating in a no-holds-barred match against Aleister Black in another match I was fortunate enough to see in person at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Adam Cole versus Ricochet, the very last opponent that Adam Cole would have as defending NXT North American Champion. Ricochet's own history with Johnny Gargano losing the NXT North American Champion to him. So Ricochet facing Gargano in a championship spotlight would not be something too foreign to the one and only. Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black, for that matter, in the parking lot assault storyline. And of course, recent history, where Johnny Gargano would lose that very North American championship to the Velveteen Dream. So a lot of history and a lot of chemistry, more importantly, going on in this Fatal 5-Way match. Let's talk about the match now. We got five on it, like Mauro Ronaldo would address a classic song by Lunas. So uh, shout out to that one. And if anybody played Grand Theft Auto and constantly wants to attempt to tweak the way, tweak the radio around and listen to that particular song, um, I've known I'm I'm definitely guilty of that in my respects. So shout out to Mauro on another classic hip hop reference. Aleister Black, Velveteen Dream, reviving a rivalry of the year. Absolutely great chemistry in this match displayed. The Dusty Rhodes classic finalists face-off. 
that the Forgotten Sons alluded to also taking place in this match. And I've addressed the unexpected recent chemistry with Aleister Black and Ricochet as a tag team. Really the yin and the yang in their personalities and how they're perceived from the outside. Ricochet being this dynamic superhero type, whereas Aleister Black is this more dark and brooding presence. Kind of staying out of the spotlight, although Aleister Black seeming to get a little bit more mic time in his tag team run with Ricochet thus far. Adam Cole and Matt Riddle facing off in a match that was supposed to put spotlight on the NXT North American Championship challenger. What was supposed to take place, I believe, this week on NXT television on this March 20th edition, but change of plans stuck these two guys in that fatal five-way. And honestly, they did get enough spotlight to what could have been a great singles match. But what was great was a kickoff, a strike-off, and some great... I don't even know if you could really call this a double-down. It was like a penta-down. All five of these men able to manage knocking each other down in the middle of that ring. Absolutely thunderous applause after that spot. All five of these men laying it out on the line for how badly they wanted a shot to be in that two out of three falls match against Johnny Gargano. Spot that really stood out to me here though, folks, was a Tower of Doom attempt. It was solidified with four men, but Matt Riddle just kind of on that outer corner that if anybody's been on a roller coaster and you have that row across where it's two end seats not exactly on the track, but still a part of the ride and the most, quite frankly, the highest suspense seat in the train, in uh, in my opinion. That's kind of what Matt Riddle looked like hanging out on the outer on the outer rim there. And immediately the Griffin out in Bush Gardens, that very end seat, I was in the front row. That's kind of Matt Riddle's positioning. That's what that reminded me personally of and I kind of feel like the original bro just kind of took an unnecessary bump here not really contributing to this super duper plex but I'm going to digress away from that and give credit to every singles altercation throughout this match most notably in a match that Matt Riddle himself going back to that Edge and Christian interview vowing that he wanted and that was a one-on-one interaction with Aleister Black absolutely great clash of roundhouse kicks between these two guys and that's kind of a match I really do want to see Matt Riddle go through maybe even furthering this Velveteen Dream story that Matt Riddle may have if Matt Riddle can take out Aleister Black in a sort of curtain call match for the Dutch Destroyer that would not only improve Matt Riddle's undefeated streak it would show that he has success over men that Velveteen Dream has failed to overcome in the past, building Matt Riddle as more of a threat to that NXT North American Championship. So that's a singles interaction and a singles match that is yet to happen. That definitely is one I want to see. But this final conclusion in that match would involve the original bro. A shooting star press by Ricochet. 
In the center of the ring, the distance and the height and everything about this move that Ricochet was able to hold on to, absolutely stunning. Attempt at a pinfall, but Adam Cole serving as an ultimate opportunist in the final moments of this matchup. A last shot to his last challenger as North American champion. As Ricochet was covering Matt Riddle, a last shot to the back of Ricochet, to the back of the neck, and a 1-2-3. Adam Cole getting just a little bit of redemption over the man who he once conquered for that North American Championship. A last shot to that last challenger, and Adam Cole is going to take over Bebe after a brilliant and grueling Fatal 5-Way match to close out this March 20th edition of NXT TV. Absolute credit to all five men, especially just in a completely unforeseen circumstance and a match nobody expected to see on this road to takeover. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Some post-match footage worth checking out on WWE.com is the celebration by the Undisputed Era and vowing that this quest for gold and this vow that 2019, every member of the Undisputed Era would be draped in championship gold. This voyage continues, and it goes right through NXT TakeOver New York. Another post-match media piece on WWE.com is a post-match assault by all three Forgotten Sons on Aleister Black and Ricochet. Jackson Riker, Steve Culler, and Wesley Blake would make their presence known and assure us that this main event match set for next week would not be forgotten taking out Alistair and Ricochet, sending a message to the Full Sail University audience that they are a threat to be taken seriously in this Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic tournament. And it's really all a matter of whether Alistair Black and Ricochet can pull off the unsuspected victory, kind of like Finn Bauer and Samoa Joe did in the inaugural Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Cup, or whether the forgotten Sons of Anarchy will be able to pull off a major heist and steal it away and move on to take over New York for the raid against Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders, for those NXT Tag Team Championships. Give me your thoughts on the Tag Team Division as well as anything else moving on this NXT TakeOver New York card because it's really piecing together. Just announced on social media recently this week, it is official. Velveteen Dream will be defending the NXT North American Championship against the original bro, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle looking to continue his undefeated streak right through and earn himself some championship gold, bro. And Velveteen Dream looking to play spoiler to the original bro's undefeated streak and retain his gold and keep the spotlight in the North American Championship division exactly where he thinks it belongs. And Team NXT, this NXT TakeOver card is really, really shaping up to be something special. The confirmation in the NXT Championship match, it will be Adam Cole taking on Johnny Gargano in a two out of three falls decisive matchup for the now vacant NXT Championship. 
We have Matt Riddle taking on Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, Bianca Belair all look to dethrone the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, for the NXT Women's Championship in a fatal four-way. And I know you guys don't really necessarily come here for NXT UK coverage, because I myself am not necessarily all caught up with NXT UK. It's a hectic week in the life of CD Danny Mac here, ladies and gentlemen. But confirmation that Pete Dunne will be defending the WWE United Kingdom Championship against Walter. Pete Dunne's historic over 600-day title reign is in the most jeopardy it has been when he takes on a ring general. And the Tag Team Titles, Dusty Rhodes, Tag Team Classic, Finals Cup, all of those pieces will be put in place after next week when Aleister Black and Ricochet face the Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler in the finals of the tournament. And of course, the winning combination moving on to take over New York to face the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, for the NXT Tag Team titles. So despite the twists and the turns and unexpected injury, I'm still excited for TakeOver New York. How could you not be? It's WrestleMania weekend. The pro wrestling energy around this time is up, and all things should be optimistic despite the worst of circumstances. We have been through unexpected injuries on NXT before, and I have all the faith in the world that Triple H ends all of the NXT staff working in front of and behind the camera will do absolutely everything to assure us that NXT TakeOver New York delivers just like all the past TakeOvers, especially the spotlight of TakeOver Brooklyn. And quite frankly, I still perceive NXT TakeOver Brooklyn to be NXT's version of WrestleMania. It was the first TakeOver outside of Full Sail University. That kind of seals the deal in in my incredibly biased opinion. But that just about does it for this wrap-up and discussion of the March 20th edition of NXT Television. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Undisputed Future Podcast. This has been episode 81. Be sure to follow the show on all of the social media accounts, especially the Twitter, at podcast underscore UF. Thank you for all those reaching out to me. Thank you for contributing me in all of the podcast groups. And thank you to anybody who retweets and really helps move the show along and helps me plug these upcoming episodes. Thank you to anybody who's a brand new listener. Thank you for joining me on this road to TakeOver New York. I don't know if you I don't know if you could tell, but any TakeOver moving to the Barclays Center is my favorite event. And thank you so much for joining me on the discussion to the way there. Give the Facebook page a follow. Search Undisputed Future Podcast. Be sure to follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. You'll see some wrestling-related memes and pictures of the Velveteen dog, Colin, who's all curled up in his WWE ring dog bed. I'll probably get off and post a picture of this as soon as I'm done with this episode. And yeah, thank you so much, Team Team NXT. There's no me without you guys. There's no CD. There's no creative discussion to discuss with without the help and support of each and every one of you out there. So whether you're listening to me on your commute to work, commute home, walking around, sitting down, hanging out, cuddling your dog, hanging out with your pets, hanging out with your friends, 
No matter how and where you're listening to me, I really do appreciate you guys giving me about 45 minutes of your time to discuss the hottest and best brand in all of professional wrestling, and that is NXT. I will talk to you next week. Have a fantastic weekend.